church this morning we're gonna take a few minutes and we're gonna talk about uh, we're gonna do a new series we're starting a new series this week and calling this series the pursuit because I believe that's what God is doing in the hearts for the lives and for the souls of men and women he's pursuing them that's what he's done uh, ever since uh, he created man was tried to make a way for them to connect with him he wants to be connected with people and so uh, this morning, uh, let me just start, uh, let me just say, first of all, I'm very excited about what this message is going to say, what we're going to talk about here, because I believe God's drawn the hearts of people, and I believe today could be the beginning of a new season in your life. It could be the beginning of a, of a turnaround in your life, because God cares about what's going on. You know, when I, well, I came to Christ when I was 15 years old. So I had, you know, several years prior to coming to Christ where I, I didn't really know. I wasn't raised in church. So basically, I remember having a lot of thoughts and wondering about God. You know, how you do. You wonder what God's like. You wonder if he's, you know, old. You wonder if he's uh, whatever. If he's distant, does he care? And I remember having a lot of thoughts. I, I would think things like, uh, what does God think about me? I still think about that sometimes. What does God think about me? Uh, I wonder, does he even, does he really even think about me? Sometimes I wonder that. Am I just, well, who's that? Oh, that's Tom. Okay. And then there were other times where I would uh, think, does he like me? Is he angry with me? Does he care about what's going on in my life? Uh, does he, is he concerned about the fact that I have fears and, and that I have needs and that I have something in me that I want a future? But, you know, until I began having people tell me what the Bible said, I had no clue. Now, I had people tell me, oh, God is this, God is that. And, you know, and I guess in, to a certain degree, I live my life based on a lot of that. You know, we've heard people say, watch out, God will get you. I hope he does. I want God to get you. Because God doesn't get you with anger. He gets you with love. He reaches in to your life, and he begins to draw you to himself if we allow him to. And so this morning... Uh, you know, I'm going to talk about, uh, I'm going to teach out of Luke chapter 15. There's three parables here, and I'm going to take the first one today. A parable is just a story that Jesus told, and the first story is about the lost sheep. But before I do, let me just uh, read some of the, just some thoughts that I, that I came across. Uh, you know, maybe you grew up in church and maybe you didn't. Maybe you had people telling you about God. Maybe you had uh, the opportunity to be sitting in a, a church service or a Sunday school class or whatever. Or maybe you went to church and you didn't learn much. Maybe as you went to church, maybe you just were there, but you didn't really feel like you learned much. I came across this little story or these thoughts. Uh, and actually, I see this in my neighborhood all the time. I'll be walking, and it's not a story, but just some thoughts. Uh, in my neighborhood, almost every single uh, street light or telephone pole at one time or another has the picture of a dog or a cat lost. Missing dog, missing cat. Now, I love dogs. I won't talk about cats today, <laughs> but I love dogs. And, and so, you know, I look at sometimes I'll be walking by, you know, just walking through the neighborhood, and I'll see a sign with a cute little pooch on it, and I'll think, ah. Oh, Man, I wonder, I wonder what that family is feeling about that dog. They're missing dog. I've lost dogs before. And, you know, when you find them, it's like it's a celebration. 
But I was thinking about how that the, from the very first time I, I saw those signs, I felt this tinge of maybe sympathy or feeling concerned or sadness. But it seems like every time I walk by uh, those telephone poles, now I see the same signs that are still sitting there. Now I don't know if they just haven't taken them down or maybe they're still looking for the dog. Days, weeks, months go by. And I wonder, are they still looking for the dog? Or is the dog just gone, but they're leaving it up just simply because somebody might find that dog? Are they depending on others? You know, I've seen these things where they'll put, like, a picture of the dog, and they'll have little tabs at the bottom with their phone number, and you can pull them off. Great idea. I think it's an awesome idea. But they'll tear the little tabs off, and they got the phone number. If you find my animal, if you know where my animal is, if you've seen my animal, please call. But after a season... They stay up, and all the little tabs are gone, and, and nothing changes. And I wonder, did they just kind of give up? Did they forget about it? Did they just go, ah, who cares? Well, if somebody else will bring it. I want you to know today, God is not that way about us. I'm going to read a story here in just a second out of Luke chapter 15. It talks about one sheep that got lost. It talks about a man that had 100 sheep, but one sheep got lost, and so what does he do? It says that he left all the others and went after it. And so let me just start with this first story. This is Luke chapter 15. And I believe this is God's viewpoint of you, of your family, of your loved ones, of people in the earth, every single person, all 8 billion, whatever that looks like. He cares about every single person. Luke chapter 15, verse 4 through 7. It says, There once was a shepherd who had a 100 lambs, but one of his lambs wandered away, and was lost. So the shepherd left the 99 lambs out in the open field and searched in the wilderness for that one lost lamb. He didn't stop until he finally found it. And with exuberant joy, he raised it up and placed it on his shoulders, carrying it back with cheerful delight. Returning home, he called all of his friends and neighbors together and said, let's have a party. Come and celebrate with me. The return of my lost, with the return of my lost lamb. It wandered away, but I found it and brought it home. Jesus continued, in the same way, there will be glorious celebration in heaven over the rescue of one lost sinner who repents and comes back home and returns to the fold. More than for all the righteous people who never strayed. I think a lot of times our attitude and our mentality can become towards the lost. Let's just talk about the lost sheep here. The lost sheep is that somehow that lost sheep got lost on purpose. It just got up one day and said, I'm tired of hanging out with these people. And he just took off for parts unknown. But that's not what happens. That's not what happens to this sheep, I don't believe. I believe that this sheep basically got preoccupied with eating and looking for greener grass. I believe that he put his head down and he ate his way to greener pastures. I believe that he looked for better options. He was looking maybe for, for a nicer place to lay down, a sweeter grass. He became preoccupied with sustenance, with food, with doing better in life, I guess, for itself, if a, if a sheep has a mind to think that way. But I don't think the sheep had this mentality that I don't want to hang out here anymore. He just got preoccupied. And then nightfall comes and adverse weather maybe falls on it. And, and then they begin to find themselves looking for everyone and they 
are lost. They don't know what to do. And then they become vulnerable to injury. They fall and hurt themselves. They're by themselves. Now, I'm just reflecting on this story that Jesus read. Why is it important? Why was it important for the shepherd to go look for a lost sheep? Because they're vulnerable when they're by themselves. And then they're, they're, they can get injured. They become victims of predators. But that sheep didn't set out to get lost. And I want you to know, neither do people. I think sometimes we can live and think about people like, well, they just want to be that way. They just want to be lost. They just don't want to know God. I don't think that's the case. I just think what happens is they become preoccupied or they were never introduced to the God of heaven. They were never introduced to this loving Savior that came and died on a cross for our sins, for their sins. And so there's millions of people who are lost for the very same reason. They get lost because they become preoccupied with surviving. You know what it's like. Look at life today. Look at how, what's going on in, in our world. You, you, know, you, you, you have a, a pandemic and everything shuts down, and most people are looking just to survive. We've got to make sure we have toilet paper. We've got to make sure we have food. We've got to make sure, and I understand all that. I do. But what happens is we can get preoccupied, whether it's a pandemic or whether the bills have to be paid. Maybe they, they're just trying to get by. Maybe they're just surviving. Maybe they're dealing with sickness in their life or sickness in a family member's life. Maybe they're providing for their family. Maybe dads or moms are out and they're working and they're, they're, just, they're, they're in the rat race. They're just out there. They're getting up early, staying up late. They're trying to get ahead or at least trying to keep their head above water. I don't believe that people deliberately ignore God. I think what happens is they become preoccupied with survival. And when they do that, what ends up happening is they lose sight of eternity and they only look at what's happening right in front of them. I don't believe that people are avoiding God or avoiding church. Many people are just trying to stay alive, keep their families together, stay in the game. And depending on where you live and what's going on in your life and what you're dealing with, Life can become very difficult, as we all know. It becomes very, very troublesome at many, many times. 40-hour weeks turn into 60-hour weeks, whether we like it or not. Uh, it can be, life can, can demand so much of us that we've got families that are trying to, double-income families trying to make ends meet. We've got moms and dads both working, people trying to work two jobs, maybe even three jobs, just to make bills uh, get the bills paid, make ends meet. People become consumed, and then they become, I'll just use the word lost. They become lost to eternal values. They become lost to what God might think about their life because it's all about trying to keep their nose above water. They don't want to go down. They don't want to sink. They don't want to give up and give in. That's put in them by God. The, the, the desire to fight and to continue fighting through things that are trying to pull us down. But I want you to know that fight needs to be directed to God because God has your best interest at heart. He cares about every detail of your life. I want you to know this. Jesus is looking for you. If he's not found you, if you've not found Christ, I just want you to know he's looking for you. He's not just out doing his thing and you're, he's waiting for you to call. He is looking for you. That's what we read in the parable here about this shepherd. And I believe the shepherd is God. 
and he's looking for the lost. When I was 15, he found me. I mean, obviously he knew where I was, but he got my attention. And I reached out. I extended my life to him, and he received me. He forgave my sin, and he gave me a new life. I was 15 years old. Some people, my, my own mom didn't even come to Christ until she was about 65 years old. Praise God, she came to Christ. So it's not about you're too young or you're too old. Sometimes we're too preoccupied to look up. We're too preoccupied to, to see what God wants to say. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. He said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Can you imagine? That probably fits the world today at every corner. That, that people are, are, are tired. They're just, they're weighed down. They're carrying heavy burdens. And because why? Because they're just preoccupied with things that are important. But those important things in the natural cause us to be distracted from the, from the call of God, from the, the draw of God. Because Jesus is looking for every single person. People get lost through preoccupation. There's so many voices in life that become distracting. Try this, try that. You know, I, I spend uh, a bit of time watching television, not as much as probably uh, I could, but the one thing I can't hardly handle are the commercials. It's telling you if you'll have this, your life will be better. You need to buy this insurance so that when the time comes, or you need to have this type of Medicare. You need to have this, that, the other. And here's the deal. I'm not saying that those things are not important, but I'm saying this, that our minds become so filled with things that are telling us if you have this, life will be good. Life doesn't happen without God, really. We can survive and we can exist, but it doesn't happen at the level that God wants us to without Christ in our life. The definition of success becomes very, very distorted and very, very distracting. We lose perspective about what's really important. Uh, we're told to be successful. You have to own your own house, live in the perfect neighborhood. You have to make a certain amount of money. You have to wear a certain kind of clothes. You have to drive a certain kind of a car if you're really going to be successful. And if you don't have those things, well, you know, we still like you, but that's really not success. That's, that's the message that life tries to peddle to us. But I want you to know that's not the message that God's calling us to. He's calling us to himself. Actually, he's looking for us. He's looking for every single person. You got to have a certain type of education. You got to have a certain amount of money. You got to have a certain kind of a job. And those things are not bad in themselves. But if we use those things, the haves and haves, have nots, to define whether our life is successful, whether our life is important, then we're very, very, have a very, very distorted view of, of what life is supposed to be. Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, verse 15, he said, your life cannot be measured by the amount of things that you possess. Let me read that again. Your life cannot be measured by the amount of things that, God, that you possess. Let me tell you what your life value is. The value of your life is the life of the Son of God. Because that was the price that God 
paid for your life. He sent his son into the world to die on a cross for you. Now, maybe you've made a decision for Christ, and, and I hope you have, but maybe you haven't. That's the one thing that you have to, to, to get past in your thinking is that I'm important. Well, who thinks I'm important? You know, I had guys when I was actually, uh, when I just got out of high school, actually when I was my senior year in high school, I began working at a, at a shop. I was an automotive mechanic, and I did that for 10 years. And I remember working there, and, um, you know, I had great bosses. I worked with great people. It was amazing how uh, God was just guiding me. I came to Christ when I was 15, about 16, 17 years old. I started working at this shop. And as I'm working there, I learned lots of skills. I learned lots of abilities. My bosses, man, they were great, as I've already said. But about 10 years in, I felt in my heart that it was time for me. I felt like the Lord was telling me he wanted me to move to another location. He wanted me to change jobs. And so I went and I talked to my boss, and I said, hey, look, Man, I, I just feel like I need to move on. And we had this conversation, and he said, well, if you feel like you need to, I mean, I'd really like for you to stay, but, you know, if you feel like you need to go. And I said, I really do. I really feel like I need to go. And so he told me, he said, look, you go. Go ahead. Uh, and I wish you well. He said, but if it doesn't work out, I want you to come back because I want you to be here. I want you to be with me here. I want because you, you, you're, you're good at what you do. You're a good employee, blah, 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 whatever. I'm not patting my back or blowing my horn. I'm just saying it feels good to be wanted. It feels good to have someone desiring you to be with them. I want you to know today, I like the fact that my boss and the different people in my life, you know, they don't see me coming and turn the other way. Now, maybe in this day and age, maybe some do. I don't know. But the thing is, is when God sees me, I believe it puts a smile. When God sees you, it puts a smile on his face. God desires your presence. He desires you to be a part of his family. He desires you to have the good things that he has created and given to you. But sometimes we don't even realize what those things are because we're disconnected. We're just out there. We're preoccupied. We're just making a living. And listen, I know we have to make a living. Please don't go quit your job and say, well, I'm not going to be preoccupied with the job. We need to add to our life this relationship with God. This, this, and it, maybe you're already born again. Maybe you already know Christ. Maybe you're already in that place where you have a relationship with Christ. But like anything else, a relationship has to be maintained. We've got to take that time. I mean, I haven't been able to see a lot of people in the church other than through Facebook and maybe some phone calls and some Skype calls or whatever type of calls we can get people's faces on. But one thing is for sure, my relationship with them is good, but it could be amazingly better when we can get face-to-face -face and see each other's expression and feel each other's presence. That's what God wants from you. He wants you to sense his presence. He wants you to see his, his countenance. When God looks at you, what do you think? Do you think he's going, oh, my goodness, or do you think he smiles? When I look at my kids, when I look at my grandkids, you know what happens in my heart? Happiness. I get happy. Well, that's what God does when he looks at you, when he thinks about you. He gets happy. His heart is excited. You know why? Because he's planned amazing things for your life. God is looking for you. God is searching for you. Why? Because he loves you. Because he loves you. It's not about what you've done or haven't done. He knows all that stuff too. But he's looking for you because he loves you.
because he wants to reach into your heart, reach into your life, and do some things in your life that will cause you to move to another level. You begin to be less preoccupied with things that, that don't matter. We're going to continue to work. We're continue to do dishes and continue to do the lawn and continue to do all those other things, paying bills. But the one thing that we're, we need to add and keep maintained in our life is to look up and to have that relationship with God. And so Jesus said your life can't be measured by the amount of things that you possess. And so let's not allow life to distort to become distorted by us thinking, if I had this, if I had that, if I could only work there, if I could only drive that, the one thing that helps us to keep perspective is that I love God, and God loves me, and I am going to pursue him, and I may not know how to do that, but we'll, we'll help you. We'll, we'll help you. We'll talk with you. We'll encourage you if you want to drop something in uh, the feed. Send us a message, and we'll contact you because we believe that we can help you. Why? Because God has helped us, and that's what. We do. Sometimes I think we, we, we feel as though that God's maybe angry or somehow he's punishing us. That's not true. God's looking for you. God is pursuing you. Sometimes we, we feel like that uh, maybe uh, that we're just, we're just afraid of him because we're not sure of how he is, and I can understand that too. But as Pastor Joe mentioned earlier, God's not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us a, a power, love, and a sound mind to do what? be able to press through all the stuff that's trying to separate us from God. Or maybe you think that God just doesn't care, but God does absolutely care. And so what if you were to put God first in your life? What if we were all to begin to put God first in our life? What would our families look like? If you as a dad, or you as a mom, or you as a son or a daughter, you as a grandpa, grandma, you whatever relationship that you have with others, what would your relationships, what would your life look like? What would your family look like? What would your job site look like when we go back to work, I guess? If we were to put God first, and we would begin to, to come in with a, a, a confidence that, man, God loves me. You know what happens? If you know God loves you, and you can love God, then you can love everybody. And that's the thing that makes the difference in life is love. Knowing you're loved, knowing you're cared about, knowing, not being afraid of what the day brings. You know why? Because my father is watching over me. He is with me. He never leaves me and he never forsakes me. He goes everywhere that I go. So what would our lives look like? Our families, our values. What would our values look like if we put God first in our life? What would our relationships look like? They would be amazing. Because the blessing of God would be on them. God's looking for you. Jesus is pursuing you just like that shepherd. Just like that shepherd. And so this morning, as I close, I just want to ask you maybe, if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, if you've never opened your heart to him, or maybe you have and maybe you're not where you're supposed to be, I want you to know God's not mad at you. God's not angry with you. God's not trying to bring hurt or, or, or punishment into your life. As a matter of fact, if you stop and you look at what the Bible says, it says that God placed the punishment for sin and disobedience on Christ. The Bible says he crushed him. He crushed him for you and for me. And so maybe you've never opened your heart to Jesus. Maybe you've never prayed to receive him. Maybe you have, and maybe you're not where, you're, where you know you're supposed to be, where you could be. 
let me take a minute this morning and let me just pray a prayer for you. If you're listening uh, today for the first time or if you've been listening, maybe people think that, you're, that your life is in a different place. Well, you don't have to justify anything with anybody else. But one thing we need to do is we need to open our heart to God and allow him to change us. Let me pray.